Hey everybody, this is uh, Matt Hill, and uh, I'm with Night Energy Services. Who do we got here? We got Ken Lavin with Winter Mud. Jeremiah Smith, Trace Management. Jason Spies with The Crude Life. And this is our show, uh, The Talking Energy Show, our new uh, longer form podcast. Uh, we've got the Trace Management Studio gifted to us. Thank you, uh, Jeremiah and all the boys, Jason Goss and Luke Riggins. Uh, engineers here who do uh, project management and uh, well site consulting. Well site consulting, a lot of engineering, a lot of uh, regulatory stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, thank you guys for uh, the space and the uh, just the uh, support to uh, do stuff like this. You May I ask closet? a question at this time? Yeah, ask oh, a question. Race right. management is that French? It is not. Okay, <laughs> there were three it's guys Spanish. that started it out in '92. Three out of work, uh, two out of work engineers and a production foreman. So they were drinking tequila. So there were three of them. Yeah, <laughs> uno dos tres. There's a there's a need here, boys. And okay, girls. well there tres we go. Tres de leches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I this thought at one point too when we were doing this, like we should, you know, since it's the Trace Manager Studio, we should, you know, like three topics we should talk about each week when we do this, or however many times we do this week. We don't know yet, but. It's a fun idea, like you know. So, three well, topics that are on our minds. Like, absolutely. what's on your mind? Well, we do that on the crude life. Um, three news st- new uh, news items. That's yeah. our news set. Well, we call it news, rumors, and newspeak. Well, before we get too far into this, uh, uh, yes. man, tell everybody about yourself, uh, Jason. Oh, I mean, sure, that's right. What uh, wh- what's your background? What are you so doing? So, my right name is now? Jason Spee. I come from the crude life here, and as amongst other things, but uh, in fact, I was just talking to Jeremiah earlier that I'm 46 years old. Okay, 46. Super years young. Old. Me I, young. I started working. Uh, here we go to old age and uh, new new beginnings again <laughs> for the fourth time this year. So, uh, I actually started the media when I was 10 years old. I was a newspaper carrier. And so we were joking, and I was processing in the moment that I learned distribution. It's kind of like salesman or oil field. Right. <laughs> yeah. Waking up every day and delivering the like chores on a farm, right? you got to wake up every day. But I did it for the newspaper. And so it was, I learned the distribution, the, the daily meat grinder, the distribution, right? But back in my day, we had to actually go door-to-door and collect money. Oh, I've been, well, you had a good yeah, buy. I've, I've been there. I remember. So yeah. I was also accounts receivable. Yep. Okay, so imagine uh, you're 10 years old, and the Monopoly newspaper, two of the most important departments in your entire organization, which is distribution and, and accounts receivable, and you have 10-year-old boys in charge of that whole thing at the end of the day. He's the end of your supply chain. I love it. So that's where I came from. So a, I started in... Uh, heck of a business in, model you never in, thought about. In the media va- oh, it's just a great point. Do you remember huh? what rates you were getting? I do. I got six cents a paper. I was going to say six. Yeah, I, I made it. Yeah, I'm almost there. Did Come you, on, don't, don't did you, just you know what's yeah. sad is well, we, we could do. We've done actually a podcast on this. We well, brought just, in an old play hard, or We brought an old newspaper guy. Yeah, and we talked about it for an hour, and wait, we wait. barely scratched the surface. So you were getting how, hey, how many talking to the mic. Oh talking shoot, mic. man! I I didn't even. Yeah, no, huh? I just I was the freebie kid. It's like, oh, you have a huffy. Good, good, here, here, go. Yeah, Schwinn bike. I got five cents. And Five? Well, yeah, yeah, it wasn't much, and that was probably circa 96, 95. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you were at the uh, tail end of when the problem started. But yeah, it's the, the beginning period, though. Heck, you were getting six cents. I'm only getting five cents. Well, then we well, get like I think we got it's like Oklahoma eight. rates. We got eight on a Saturday and I think twenty on a Sunday, yeah. right? And so, but at the end of the day, and this was in the 80s, really. So I was ten years old, 
but I would make between like $350 and $450 a month if all the planets align. That's a nice buy. So when's the last time your collections and receivables aligned? Never. Oh, no. wow. So I've been honest to got cash flow in my life since I was 10 years old. Good job. Because, yeah. Well, the reason I had to get a job was we were poor. And we weren't poor. We were broke. That's why we were moving from Minneapolis, actually Sunberg, Wilmer area, to Fargo in order to start a new life. My dad, you know, like the old Head West young man. So he went and we started a new life. And basically, being in fifth grade, your parents are saying, because I'm the youngest one at the time, either you can have hand-me-downs, garage sale clothes, or you can go get a job. And the only job available for a 10-year-old boy was a newspaper and mowing lawns. And that was about yeah, it. It's true. And now we got taken out by the adults on that too. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I think about that today. Like I've got a 16 year old, and it's hard to find jobs for a 16 year old anymore. Right. Well, we were with our kids. We were looking. He at can come doing, over uh, and trim my trees anytime again, man. What a, <laughs> what a dude, oh He my had gosh. so much fun at your house. Not even gonna lie. He was like, dude, can I go back to Matt's house? Because I, I gave your 16 year old a chainsaw. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's what's gonna be. He was like, I'm gonna hang out with Matt all day. Probably have a allegedly possibly a, a I think a it's because you've got a 15 year old daughter I'm just saying oh that man I, I, I forgot about the ulterior what, what kind of job is this with a chainsaw what's going on oh his son comes over and trims my my trees and now I just realized why it's funny better access to the window my my buddy bought a electric chainsaw and I was cutting down a tree in my yard he's so pathetic. excited to bring it over it was a little DeWalt one with please oh, tell me it didn't no. have a cord no, it didn't. It was battery operated, but he was like, he was so excited about that. And he gets on a one inch limb or something like that. He's take five minutes, and I'm cutting down a whole darn tree next to him. They don't have the speed, you know. It's a little bit early in that, but leave it to the gas. I have a friend of ours that had one, and he had a cord, and he was like going around with it. I was like, he killing me, Smalls. I stood on a six foot ladder with a chainsaw on a stick. Tell me you were at the top of the I, ladder. I like to no stand on the very top. Yet. Also, my my uh, lawn has an inclination, like pretty steep. Mm -hmm. So the ladder wasn't quite even Good. level. Mm -hmm. And that way, nice tilt. The, yeah, I had a tilt. I had a, what felt like, I don't know, it was like a 10-pound chainsaw. But if you put that on the end of a stick and hold it up, it's about 100 pounds at mm -hmm. that point. Do so, the math. What's the math? Yeah. Then you, then you lean log. it into a log. <laughs> And then that log straight above you, because why would you like have any you know room to grow? Right. And then those things were like falling within inches of killing me, because they're obviously. Uh, why would I want to chop up a small piece when I could get the job done faster? That's right. Yeah. So three hundred pound pieces falling inches below. I mean, I was I was really thinking ahead. <laughs> he could do stuff. He could do like our customer in the same thing, but he put the ladder on the limb, and then by the time that three hundred pounds fell off, that limb flung up. And his, I only fell off that ladder a few times. So ten-year-old boys and jobs. Uh, doesn't matter what age we are. We we're uh, thinking ahead on how to make money. Yeah, it's it's really interesting too. And then um, from there, uh, I decided that I wanted to make more money. And so this was kind of a fun little entrepreneur, I guess, journey for me because the only other job, like I said, was mowing lawns, right? right. So because lo and behold. Not everybody would pay their bill. All of a sudden, a 10-year-old boy would show up to collect $8.80, yeah. and the wife had the checkbook for the third, fourth month. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the 10-year-old boy is now carrying this home and carrying the, the Monopoly newspaper, right? Because the, the newspaper sends you a bill every month you got to pay. 
Man. So they got to get paid first before you can get any money. Wow. Okay, so so I had to get more work in order to take care of the people that wouldn't pay their bill, right? Because the 10-year-old boy had to pay for it. So we started doing some uh, mowing lawns. Well, my dad, he worked for the post office, so we abused the government resources. Because back then, a photocopy machine was hard to come by. Yes. There was very few places. that. In fact, there were offices that actually, that was part of their service. They had a centralized photocopy place so that people could come down. You know, like There was like one in a certain Yeah, you check your P.O. box and then totally. you make, cop- make your copies at the copy at the very end of the right. aisle. Because <laughs> offices didn't have them, right? Yeah, was pretty, we used to do that all the time. So I basically <laughs> took some carbon paper. You remember carbon paper? Yep. Oh, man. So yeah. I traced like some peanuts and mowing lawns, Snoopy, you know, and that sort of stuff. Hey, get your lawn mode you know and one big flyer eight by ten or eight by eleven right and so my dad came home with 75 or 50 or whatever and back then being the good catholic boy i was the altar boy and eventually teaching sunday school and the catholic school and everything you know being spoon-fed fear and guilt my whole life the newspaper so had, there were other jobs for 10 year old boys so, <laughs> so Sorry, the, catholics. the newspaper had a policy that you could not buy an ad from them and then subcontract and broker the advertising from them. So you couldn't buy a thousand dollar ad and say, "Hey, come buy an ad for two hundred and fifty, right?" And put uh, seven of them on there right. because yeah. basically what you're doing is you're using their distribution, and they wouldn't allow that. It's called brokered advertising, and so they had policy. It's like when you go to a trade show; they have a suitcase policy mm. where if you go there, you can't as a media person, or you go there as a guest, you can't start soliciting. Right. You, you can't suitcase, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So same thing in the newspaper industry. So I wouldn't put it in the newspaper. I would just carry it with me and then put it outside the newspaper, right? Ah, technicality. Ten-year-old uh, boy learning the ins and outs and the loopholes, right? Touche. Well, I was so busy trying to figure out how to get by the system, I got so clouded I didn't even realize that, well, why don't I just put it on the ones that need their lawn mode? Yeah. So that way, eventually I whittled it down because the next step was instead of doing a full page, I did half pages and then three to a page. Do you see what I mean to add? So I cut my cost down by a third. Remember, this is a 10, 11, 12-year-old boy going through this naturally with no help, just trying to figure out how to make sure that he's got some gerbo jeans to wear, okay? Well, I'm not going to wear the garage sale ones. I want gerbos, baby. Oh, man. I want some guest jeans. I was going to say guest. I want to look good, man. (laughs) I never heard of gerbo. Isn't that the slang name for them? No, gerbo was a brand that was around for just a couple years that had really deep pockets. It was it like then, a Jinko jean yeah, of the like day? Jinko. Uh, it might have been, I don't know, but it was um, it was they were uh, Oh man, now I feel dated. He doesn't so know like what Jinkos are. Up in my neck of the woods, we had Dayton's, Dayton's. which was it's Macy's and Marshall Fields. Right. Okay. And and so anyway, it went through a couple of days. they were like 150 bucks at Dayton's. And Whoa. this was back in like the 90s. Okay. Whoa. So yeah, they were a higher end jean, but they only lasted a few years. So anyway, uh, eventually what I got to is that I I then cleared my mind enough to say i'm just going to take a handful with every day and the homes that i know that need it done or that are basically don't have kids or outsourcing this next you learn this but it went down to where i would just basically take five or six a day and then the ones that needed it i would 
put it behind, and then all of a sudden I get a call because I had gotten pre-qualifying down to a science at that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as this ten, yeah, 10, 11-year-old boy, I'm just pre-qualifying my audience yeah, the, the, the hard way, just like the, the shelf of shame over here that Matt has in the technical world. Yeah, so when you <laughs> talk he, about the shelf of shame, man, Jason references my shelf of shame. It's I have uh, been doing this uh, since since ever since Kimberly asked me to be on her Fossil Fuel Fridays. Was that like 2019? I don't know, a couple of years ago, she, and I started buying like little crappy microphones or little crappy cameras or because you weren't ready to invest. I wasn't ready to invest. Probably didn't know. I, like wholeheartedly. I didn't know. I, you yeah, know yeah. Well, it's hard to when you don't know. You I'm know, about you I'm about two million YouTube videos into creating podcast content and audio. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm telling you what, you can zoom through Amazon and spend a crap ton of money on stuff that just doesn't work. You, right. Jason, he's the it ten, doesn't. He's the ten year old podcaster. I just like you are the ten year old. With the I newspaper, thoroughly enjoy yeah. all the gadgetry, but it, it takes a while to get to where you need to be. And now they are wasting money on technology they don't know how to use yet. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they are figuring these. That trust me, I went through this with the newspaper industry. We went through our paradigm shift, so I know exactly. So they're still getting impacted by this whole paradigm shift known as the internet. You got to remember, you take a look at any news. Okay, Lincoln, Nebraska, the number one newspaper in Lincoln is number two. Or the Lincoln Courier, or whatever it might be. So imagine the LA Times, right? The LA Times mm. got an 85% uh, hit in their classified ad section in one year because of Craigslist. So imagine 85% of your revenue in one department going away because of the internet. That is a paradigm mm. shift. That is why monopolies. Reason for monopolies anymore in media. I, I, I have very few trusted news sources, and they're not a particular i love what you're doing i'm going to bring you into our umbrella that's fine but there's just i'm going to go get my news from people that i know went out and actually did the homework did a story i know that you go out and do your homework and do a story with people so i'm going to listen to what you have to say or i'm going to go listen to dave ramsden would or Chuck Yates, you know, like guys like, hey, look, I know they also are biased for our industry. That's great. I actually want that in my news. But also, you know, they're not, you know, they're smart enough to go do some digging too and say, hey, is this data right? You know, do I need to look here, here, here? I mean, I don't see how the daily Oklahoman is ever going to have all the people underneath its umbrella that I, I'm not going to read their. Well, the daily Oklahoman went through a big thing with the yeah. internet transition. They wouldn't, they weren't going to do it initially i actually went on there and checked their classifieds like a month ago just randomly for some i don't recall why i was on there but their classified exi- uh, consisted of maybe six classified ads mm-hmm. they Ooh, were all the same too yeah like it's it's tough six. i mean i mean as soon as the car dealerships went away yeah that yeah. was like the last straw for a lot of the car for it a lot of bad. the automotive or for a lot now you gotta remember the way that the newspaper industry works okay the newspaper industry makes the majority of their money on the class paper you have to have 50 percent editorial to 50 percent sales okay so even your you got a design person you've got circulation you got so much going into that advertisement and then also you got the whole editorial staff on side on top of that that's why the classifieds were so valuable industry is attaching themselves to you you're your own brand i don't need you know you're not cnn you're not this you're not that you're like i need advertising and you're going to get it. You're going to get lots of you know viewers. You're going to get lots of uh, listeners. 
So I'd rather put my money where I know it's going to be listened to by my target audience, which is guys like you or digital wildcatters. I mean, now we've, I think, uh, man, I forget who did that on LinkedIn. I'm so sorry, but, um, a guy the other day said, Hey, you know, give me links to all of your, you know, shows that have to do with oil and gas. And there's like a list of eventually, you know, we, and we looked and searched, but there's oh, like it was 175 now, something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, not everybody, yeah. you know, yeah. like is doing this They're not putting together studio or whatever, but like Max Gagliardi or, uh, JP, I mean, JP Warren. I mean, on and on and on. We're finding people that are willing to, uh, talk about, you know, our industry positively and go, you know, and I honestly, I do this because I love what you do. I love what they do. And I will listen day after day to physically meet that person and listen to them personally. I want to meet them. You know, I'm super interested. And this this is a great way for us to be the Aubrey McClendons of our industry, right? This is an opportunity what? to get out there. I know, on the positive <laughs> Big side. Big statement there, buddy boy. Positive side. And think about that. You've Like, we have to have those people representing our industry, right? And they brought, did they not bring us the thunder? You know, things like that, that you've got to look outside that box. And this is a great sounding board for us to be able to, just like your show, uh, you're representing in a big way. Most importantly, I just want to launch Jeremiah's stardom into the stratosphere and eventually his race car driving will be, yeah, that's really what we're, this is a vehicle to produce money for Jeremiah's race car driving. All that ad advertisement we're getting right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's all going straight to the car. My one, my one sticker on Jeremiah's car. It is. Yeah. It's on the the future NASCAR right here. You know what's funny? I've got the hookup. Oh, F1? Okay. All right. My F1 guys, reach out to him. You know, help out, help a brother out. I, he's there thre- you go. He keeps telling me he's going to paint the car, but I've noticed that they haven't painted the car because they only have one advertiser, Night Energy Services. So I don't think they've painted over my logo yet just because, wow. like, well, we need our one sticker. Well, the, <laughs> they ran out of rattle cans. And he and I, and, <laughs> and honestly, I got that for you know a trade out in advertising anyway yeah 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 there's no cash swap just uh, no cash swap just trading yeah but yeah going back to it so everyone has to move and monetize unfortunately people's data right because they can't monetize you're not using the paper it's more delineated you you have a a ton of different resources with the the internet to find exactly your niche what you're looking for it's actually out you follow this weekend and this guy had been looking for uh heads for his 68 Mustang or something like that, but specific heads that were within the date range of the block. Oh, trying to keep it the same. Yeah. Yeah, matching numbers. Right, but he was able to find a guy in Virginia. You know, Whoa. before you wouldn't have been able to do that. It's the forums and, uh, you know, the marketplaces that exist online. But, so you don't have as much of a need for the classifieds where you were looking at a million different classifieds. You have Indeed for jobs. So, yeah, the, the newspapers are struggling. There's actually been a ton of consolidation. AT&T is buying everything. All types of media outlets, right? You got, and then you got uh, what George Bezos or Jeff Bezos owns Wapo, right? You really have consolidation and a couple of guys with a lot of money. Rupert Murdoch owns Fox. Mm-hmm. What about the whole like uh, man? I mean, this goes back. You know, there was a lot of uh, talk about it, but the uh, oh, the ability to you know filter out content on the internet. We we all know what happens, you know. But they were you know they were talking about keeping the internet free and mm-hmm. keeping it you know a level playing field. So, I mean, in essence, they could probably push our numbers down Mm -hmm. and prop up others depending on our, um, 
our ideals, our well, that already happens our policies. on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so the platforms that own their own platform, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, sure. you know, sometimes we consider, you know, maybe a liberal platform versus not, but... The, I mean, man, it goes back to, okay, okay, they own their own business. They can kind of do what they want. In my head, it sucks. If we don't like it, we can go start our own. That I get. You're on that their platform. It's theirs. They can tell you yes or no, and we can put monitors on it. But outside of that realm, what do you do? How do you, like, hey, well, look, that's theirs. We'll go start our own, or you find a way to get people to find you. How, basically, you're asking how do you get people to find you? without using the major platforms oh boy that's really hard right and that's there that's that's the that's the problem so do you bow to them and say okay so, we'll, we'll play by your rules some more people find me or well, say it's, or it's, say it's, exactly what you this want this is what trump's going through right now yeah he's, he's trying just, to find his voice he did away with his uh his what blog he had yeah. he's still looking for a voice because facebook knocked him off in twitter yeah well that's when you right. take a look at what what i've been saying the the government is a very big part of this too because you look at where they bail out, okay? Mm-hmm. They generally start at the top, okay? Mm-hmm. So they bail out the top people first. Well, when you bail out the establishment or entitlement, that doesn't allow adaption to happen, okay? The people who are the essential workers or the people who are kind of uh, uh, scrappers, if you will, those are the ones that adapt. They adapt to society. It seems like but, the but government when you give this time around. You don't. You continue the same thing. So yeah. that's what they're, they, they want to continue the same. But what ends up happening is you end up having consolidation. Mm-hmm. And it's it's happened in 2001. It happened in 2007 through 9. It happened mm-hmm. in 2015. And it's happening once again. When we started the year, we asked U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer because I, I said. He's a big. I mean, he, he supports oil and gas. Oh, he's one of the biggest supporters Huge of oil and supporter gas. Huge supporter of oil and gas. Great guy. I mean, Harold Hamm was on his advisory board. Right. He was one of his biggest donors. Yeah. I followed all the stuff you've uh, done with him. And it's been good. Senator Kramer has been just wonderful. Crude for life, access. everybody, by the way. If you're just tuning in, crude life. But it's, it's more on him for giving us access. Like, he literally goes from Fox News, Fox Business, to the crude life, to MSNBC. To some other, you know, BBC or something like that. He'll throw the little old crude life in there, okay, yeah. just because he feels that the oil and gas audience is that important to his platform. It's okay? important to everybody's platform. Yeah. Right, and he understands yeah. all that. And so Every and, single human on earth right now is connected to oil and gas. Whether you like it or not, it is our fuel uh, for life to be better so on after, the planet. Yeah. After Trump lost, he came out right away and said, Let's join the Paris Accord and tell everybody to meet our standards. When everybody was saying, no, let's not join it, he knew right away that we were going to join it regardless, so he tried to get the narrative going, yeah, let's make them follow us instead of us following them. Well, the media didn't pick up on that. We were like one of the only ones, you know? So we would have loved industry's help getting that message out there, but I don't know where the industry was on that. You know, we can go back and take a look on social we, media. We are That's the all, beauty of it. We're, we're probably, we have just as many messages and platforms as there are people. So going further, um, we talk about the show. Even in our own state, we have two organizations oh, with polar opposite. Well, not polar opposite. They've actually reached, they've done a really good job. Uh, Mike Cantrell will be in here next, actually. He's uh, with the OEPA. And they, you know, in the past, they've had a uh, you know, back and forth with the Petroleum Alliance and, you know, the state government. But, Pretty much vertical compared to horizontal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now, nowadays, they've both, you know, said, hey, we really need to work together. 
mm-hmm. reach across, you know, our well, you own industry to. and find a way forward. Yeah, yeah. The house divided. What is that? There's an expression about that. A house divided can't fight anybody or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, we so got to understand. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we that's why that. you know that's why they make sure the pitchforks and the torches are always fighting, mm. so they never join together. Sure, yeah. that's right. And and so that's why our our motto at the beginning of the year was strength in numbers. Okay, and there was a reason for that. It was you know ready for anything was the year before that was COVID. And that was before COVID even. We thought it was going to be the 16-year-old girl, but it ended up being COVID, right? So strength in numbers, the reason we said that is because when we went through this with the Internet, we had to do strength in numbers to survive. I lost my business in 2009. I went through four recessions, five if you want to call the last one a two. When you have $2 trillion bailouts, it's kind of a recession, folks. So five recessions I've been through. I've survived four of them, okay? One I lost. One I lost. I had to bankrupt my business, okay? The internet took me out, but you know what? Chicago Tribune got knocked out. LA Times got knocked out. I don't feel so bad. You, but guess you what? You were in some legend there. The other four, knockouts. though, the other four, I have survived each one without any help. We didn't get any money from the state of North Dakota. Now, when you say survive, a lot of people are like, if you're following uh, Jason, his, you know, his uh, life is the crude life, and he is interviewing people. In oil and gas. Right. And, right. Or politics about oil and gas. But what the centralized theme has been on every single one of my recessions is where the bailouts go. They always go to the top, and then they they mm-hmm. don't trickle their way down. Jeremiah, don't, that, you like, <laughs> don't you like trickle down yeah, there? When you said it earlier, I knew he was talking about yeah. trickle down. Well, totally. I, I bit my tongue because I got uh, Chuck was on the, the show last week, and I was like, oh. He brought up something. I was like, yeah, trickle-down economics doesn't work in my mind. Well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work for the same reason that communism doesn't work, because you have the human element. And it probably worked great before NAFTA opened up. And as soon as NAFTA opened up, trickle-down economics went on the Wild West, and pretty soon everybody wanted a yacht. Everybody wanted their own well, private jet. I, so then the I, trickle down I never wanna, came. Yeah, I want a yacht and a PJ. Those, <laughs> those jobs left the United States. Ross Perot yeah. said it. You're going to hear a huge sucking sound as they go to Mexico and wherever else. If, so the, if you're young, look up Ross Perot. And the if you're, Ivory Tower, though, they were getting all the money there, and they were paying less wages to out of mm-hmm. the country, so that money never trickled down here. I said the same thing to Chuck. A, a wealthy person can only buy so many pairs of jeans. You just don't get the velocity of their money. And now they buy financial instruments that don't actually trickle uh, down into uh, Main Street. Well, take the take the recession that we had. You have a business. I have a business. You have a business. But you're in a different state. Jeremiah but, has multiple businesses. He's but got did, we, did we get to collect anything because some of our businesses were too small? No. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that, and the reason I say we didn't get anything from North Dakota is because I, that's really important, I think. North yeah. Dakota is a strange I think that's really beast. important because... What they were advising people to do is go to the bank. Well, people don't need bills. They need business. Yeah. So why would you be telling people to go take out debt when they, I mean, well, okay, shut it down. I mean, if, if the numbers don't work, the numbers don't work, mm-hmm. and you got to shut it down, transition, move on. That's what this last year has been, and then go get your welfare checks and move on. I mean, that's, that's the reality a lot of people are still experiencing right now is how am I supposed to get through this next six months because now they're saying buying is going to start again in the third quarter. Okay, well, they said it was going to be second quarter. Now well, it's they, going to be 2021. And they shut that down here in Oklahoma, is that right? All I know is that the yeah. goalposts have moved five times in the last oh, two yeah. years, and nobody's talking about it. That's why we call it news, rumors, and newspeak. In fact, <laughs> I called up my own ass, my own 
Yeah. Crude life ass. Because, you know, we added Jenica, right? Oh, Jenica's a great story, by the way. 31-year-old, mother of three, got laid off because of COVID. Her husband gets laid off because of coal, gets laid off because of oil and gas. She understands the business better than anybody. She's out there. I, give, I offer her a part-time job with my own money, my own investment money, because I knew we needed to grow and I knew I couldn't do it alone, right? So I give her a list of 15 names. Wish list. Go get Christy Craddock. Go get the governor of Wyoming. Go get this person. She got him, and she got him. And by the way, not one oil and gas organization, not a woman's organization, not a state-run organization, nobody reached out to her at all. Man, She's out there ripping the ball off it. And I see posts every night on social media about someone doing something and someone doing something that had nothing to do with the industry. That reminds me. Hey, if you're uh, listening, we are... We are constantly looking for uh, content and guests. So, uh, man, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, we have this yeah. great studio. Do what I do. You got to pay them sometimes. <laughs> hey, I, I, all I know is that I want to. I want if you. That. If we don't want to start that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you want to pay us to be on or no? We yeah. just we just need uh, we we just want somebody to come in and talk to us about you know what they feel about oil and gas, what they're doing. You know, you got ideas, information, technology. Like, what's your you know business? I mean, but. When we I look we at, need people in here, so reach out to so us. So you're calling out North Face to come in? Stop. No. Hey, have North, you seen the, the billboard they put yeah, out? That's what I was going to bring you, up. Have you seen oh, the new commercial, the guy? Uh, man, I love that. I just saw the new commercial where he, he was like, thank you, North Face. Is that, once yes, again, the Colorado. It's oh, man, Colorado we're, we are being, we're, we're the best trolls. Don't he ever, said he is going after that. Don't, and don't come after, you know what, just... Just thank us for our business. What's the end goal with the North Face thing? I don't know. No, we, we have we have no end goal. They just they just said we don't like oil and gas, but no, ninety percent of their products are made by oil and gas. No, but there's a great example of the new marketplace. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you t- take. I mean, they're a public company, aren't they? I hate mentioning their name. I, I believe they're don't a public mention company. their name again. I, I, I do not like to do it. Would it be interesting it. if they came? That, by no, the way, I would like to talk about that. Them. No about science. spending time and energy towards that when. All we're really doing is increasing the awareness of yeah, sales. Exactly. Okay? I saw a dozen people with North Face stuff. When I say cancel the them, don't mention conference. their name. I mean, and I looked at them and I, I would say to people, like, uh, if people are giving you a hard time, because a couple people gave me weird looks, but I didn't know much about I mean, People had no idea, right? Yeah. And, and they're walking around with the North Face stuff. But no, I, I do think, though, is that there are probably some people out there thinking, okay, it would be nice if, because keep in mind, there are people paying dues. To organizations. Yeah. It would be nice if I got that kind of attention from my organization to help promote my business. Well, promote of, it here. What, what what do you got going on right now? Like, what what all what all can people tune in to find you on and your platform and, like, promote yourself real quick? Like, tell us. Uh, well, that's what we're doing, right? We're yeah, absolutely. But stuff, I want but you to. Uh, what, where are like you going? Pitch. What, pitch no, me. well, no. Okay, so, like, some of the stuff that we're talking about. Because people can actually, like, be an advertiser for you. Oh, sure. Yeah. We, well, we do sponsorships. Yeah, we sponsorships. do sponsorships. And the way we do sponsorships are is that uh, anybody can come on our platform and the sponsorships know that. Okay. But if you're a sponsor, you go to the front of the line. Yeah. It's just, you know, we don't hide from that. But we also have a mission statement and we have certain editorial criteria in order to get on either the radio or get in the magazine or get on you know, something where there's some public trust involved and a few other things because we do have certain criteria that we do have to follow. And so the sponsors and, and the guests know that. The oil and gas industry is great because they stay in their own wheelhouse. 
You're not going to have some somebody Sometimes talking. Sometimes it's not about. great. We, now we found out we got to step out the bounds. Well, this a is bit. why I want to know where we're going with the North Face thing. Yeah. Is is because at the end of the day, you got to adhere to shareholders. Okay. And if we're getting into this whole new thing to where, if North Face, who's a public, I think is a public company. I do VF. They, 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 yeah, yeah, you are right. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, yeah right. VF investment. VF okay, investment yeah. during a pandemic in the winter can actually deny business for hypocritical reasons. And that is Highly not, hang on here, and that is not Highly. the news story at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That tells me we are in a new marketplace where a lot of times the, the actual merit in the business doesn't matter anymore. That's why these bailouts are important and the trickle down is important because if you're not getting any of that support, that same, probably, it probably ain't coming. That same parent company, that's Does that what, make sense to you, mm-hmm. Mr. Trickle-Down? <laughs> I just look at it, and the one thing I see is North Face is trying to have cake and eat it, too. Yeah. Right? And, but, but they're getting it. They that's want the cheap, part. They want cheap materials, okay. and then they want a bad mouth. On that right? same, make it out of hemp. On that same note, though, we have a organization within our own industry that's kind of doing that, and then we have some companies. We're on that board, aren't we? You know, yeah. Well, we're no. Well, you guys are talking no. about but the see, API. Yeah. We're on, yeah, I know, but we're okay. on. Who's on API? We we are both on the board for, but the Oklahoma City chapter, and they've you know let us know we're not really part of the API. We are the API Oklahoma City chapter, so we keep it in in ball means we don't have anything to do with the national chapter. We, well, we have a contract with them, so yeah. okay. Uh, but yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, we our do not speak on behalf. We do not the speak on behalf. We have API. to say that yeah. now well, that we okay. brought it up, but well, our. Only thing that we do is we have luncheons with you know pretty technical talks about you know it's our one chance a month where we can bring somebody in and just nerd out on the new technology for oil and gas. Mm-hmm. It's a blast. We yeah. we do enjoy those mm-hmm. talks. Well, one of the things you mentioned about the crude life is you know we're we're trying to get people to go on record with the carbon tax. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, well, what, uh, part of what we're trying to do is you know it, it is it what doesn't it matter is. what your what your background is. What your race is, all that. Everybody's welcome at the crude life because everybody uses energy, right? So at the same time, we are going to poke some bears in the industry and shake a few few trees from time to time Disruptor. because we need to tear down some silos because the silos are getting bigger. And if the silos continue to get bigger, we're going to have less companies at the end of the year. Keep in mind, U.S. Senator Kramer said, if we keep going, I asked him this. I said. My prediction is is that if we keep spending the same money with the same people and doing the same things that we're doing, we're going to have six companies controlling 90% of the global oil supply by the end of the year. He said it'll be three, Jason. It'll be three, he said. He went down to three. He corrected me and said three, okay? Do you see us? I mean, so you are... Um, so what I'm saying is that we need to tear silos down and look at things differently. That's why this Bach and barbecue thing with the potatoes of inclusion... Now we're going to bring a spud gun and have ESG security with renewable ammo. We're going to make sure people understand this ESG ridiculousness to the whole new degree. We're going to have a potato clock. We're going to show you that if you have a 1,000 pounds of potatoes, you can have your cell phone charged for one hour with one whole day of charging it with potatoes. Renewable energy, baby. We're going to show them exactly what they're getting. He, well, true. I mean, it harkens back to your days of Johnny Green. The fact that you're self-deprecating and self-deprecating for our industry and making fun of the crap we come up with. ESG is just as good as about the green energy guys going. We're green energy. It's just us going ESG. I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. If if I can have any message 
that I would like people to leave with. And I don't know how long we're going to be here, so this might be the middle of the podcast. And I might say I'm some things that are right after you say this. They, they, they <laughs> might offend right. people, and they might make you think. And I, I'm all over the place, and I drive a lot, so I got a lot of free time with my dog. Right. Yeah. So if I could leave you just with this thought, what was my thought again? What is your thought again? What were That's you talking about? Nothing. I, you know. <laughs> ESG. Yeah, the, the potato guns, ESG. Oh, man. See, now I totally lost my train of thought. No, I, 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 was sure. just, I was just saying you are self-deprecating for yourself and our Thank industry. You. In order to advance a conversation, if you take – because keep in mind, a lot of the stuff that I studied was more the 5,000-foot view. Like when I – my background actually is journalism and writing and language. That's why you're in this unique position so, where you, right. you're not – you are not employed by an oil and gas company right now. Well, I mean, you have sponsors. However, you get a they huge want take. Me to approach it yeah. from a journalistic view because they you're know interviewing people I all over the, the country industry. in every part of the industry. So you have a different view. So the the one thing you hear it all that, and you can go back to take a look at the Romans and Shakespeare and John Stewart and uh, Lenny Bruce or George Carlin or whoever. In or Saturday Night Live, Thirty Rock. In order to advance people in society, the best way that seems to work throughout civilization is through humor. Is through humor. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times we try to bring humor to our information. And oil and gas is very difficult. I just don't think Saturday Night Live is humorous. It's not, but it's, it's terrible. But a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. And, well, and our a lot of people that do not like, but a lot of people that do not <laughs> yeah. like oil and gas well, we watch Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. And oh, that's yeah. who's been trained about petroleum over the last whatever. And with oil and gas being so technical, it's very difficult to make it humorous. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we, we, Johnny Green, yeah, that was, that was to be fun. So we try to infuse fun out mm -hmm. there. So if I could leave you with this oil and gas industry halfway through or whatever we're through, grab a hold. I want you to grill Jeremiah next. You so need we're, to grab a hold of the through. narrative. Grab a hold of the narrative with humor and fun that you can then educate with how you want to educate. For example, the renewable ammo, the, the potato clock. the we, We're actually considering doing Tales of the Tesla. My friend, his wife bought an EV car, $90,000. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I have a good story. I can't wait. Now, the kids are having to take turns to drive into town to charge it. Yep. Because it's such a pain in the ass. It's a crap car. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's going to put one of those camper uh, uh, witches on the back so he can put a generator. Can he's going to have his wife oh, yeah, drive around with diesel. So here's something interesting that no one ever brings up about these EVs, by the way. Do you guys know how much a Model 3 weighs? No. But, oh, okay. dude, they're like 7,000 pounds. They're not that bad, but comparative to a car of the same size. Which so, is 2,500 pounds. Yeah, it's around 3,000 pounds. Is what okay. the you just come normal. up with numbers. I hey, like you. I'm pretty close. Well, it's like allegedly question. everything with him. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. And so they're, they're somewhere around 28 to 3,200 pounds for a, an internal an ICE engine compared to an ICE car compared to a Tesla. Okay. Tesla weighs 4,600 pounds. The new Hummer will weigh almost 9,600 pounds. Good Think Lord. about the roads. When you say new Hummer, are you talking about like an EV Yeah, Hummer? the EV. Yeah. Oh, so God. the roads are a real what problem. Have they done yeah, but that, this car. is something that has been. So we're talking about infrastructure, and you know mm -hmm. they're putting in these Class C chargers, which are 440. They 80 uh, percent charge. I'm assuming if you're now. listening to this show, everybody, that you will not buy any of this garbage. It, you know, it's still good for natural gas. You know, it's just a longer exhaust pipe, and I bet you that's what he was getting to was following the tail yeah. because it's still coming from that. And well, and I love. 
love the I well, love the little I, stations. Oh, they have a generator behind a fence. My wife's dear friend Beth Hawkins, uh, she's an oil and gas wife and uh, beautiful, uh, wonderful woman. She uh, does photography, so if you're uh, in the Tulsa area, she uh, look up Beth Hawkins photography. And she let me drive her Tesla this weekend down to our little dad party in Oklahoma City where we dressed up like dads. So I thought that'd be funny. Did you wear your normal clothes? Yeah, I, I wore my... So oh, apparently everything man. I wear is also a mirror. But oh. you know, like, hey, dress up just like you, but that's our costume as 20-year-olds for tonight. <laughs> I was like, ouch, this hurts. But we, uh, we drove her Tesla. Mm-hmm. And it was at about... 30% charge and I asked her I was like is this enough you know blah 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 question go ahead did it have the manufactured noise like an engine yes my buddy's it is so it. quiet is no it, everything about this car felt like I was driving in the future it was great on that aspect like oh this is like a video game car this is super cool like all it's brand new to me so all of it like the extreme crazy speed thing yeah, that the you torque can hit, at the beginning and the launch mm-hmm. mode and like all the things yeah. like do you want to go zero to 60 in three seconds right now yes yes it's I would a souped up golf cart yeah so yeah, yeah it's it's a lot of fun but it's completely a toy because we went there. By the time we got from Edmond, Oklahoma City, it was already down to like 20%. And then we go back home, it's like at you know 10%. She charged that thing. This is her kids. She's a mom with all these kids coming from Tulsa. She charged her car overnight at my house. The next day, it was at 20%. Mm-hmm. She would got yeah. from 10 to 20% using my house all night was long. Was it a charging. 110 plug-in? So she probably, if she used her dryer, it'd be a lot faster. But yeah. if you're using 110, it's 30 miles per hour charge. How useless is that? But, Wait for your bill so to come in. Before she, and this is what made me laugh about this car. So before she wants to go home, she has to drive over from Edmond to the outlet malls to the supercharger. So, which is like the opposite direction on the other side of Oklahoma City. 20 miles out of the way. Charge it for 20 minutes. So, she's got three kids in a car. She has to charge it for 20 minutes to get back to enough to get home to Tulsa. So <laughs> I was we, like, Beth, we immediately sell this piece of junk and go get a car with gasoline. Two years ago, <laughs> we uh, we went down, uh, me and a, a couple other guys on the race team, we took my buddy's Tesla to New Orleans yeah. from here. The neatest thing about it, what you said. That's a good story. The only good thing, yeah, right? Well, it was really cool. It was weird. Take your hands off the wheel, boys. Because we'd be like <laughs> driving down the road, and he'd be like, "Oh, check out this video." Because we 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 follow a bunch of finance guys in a car. Right. So we go down some rabbit holes. We uh, listen to Andrew Yang, all this stuff. He was on Joe Rogan's amazing, by the way. Uh, Joe and Rogan's doing. Joe a good job. can come on the show anytime. So we would pause it, and then we'd have a discussion. But it's so weird because he would be like, "Look at this video," and we all watch it, and then he does too. I'm like, dude, you don't watch, watch the road. road. It's so weird, but we had to stop. Four times to make it there. Uh, it has a 300-mile range, but that's in a perfect world. You really only get to use 80% and it starts shutting off. And you have things. to look for, not only that, but you have to look for the supercharged stations. You don't have to look. You can actually just say, hey, I want to go to New Orleans. It'll, Supercharger. It'll it'll pick your stops. Okay. We had to stop in Dallas and charge there to 80%. So, But we were there an hour, and then we drive. But we didn't have enough to get all the way to like Lake Charles, so we had to stop. It took four stops. So I would have taken my Escalade. It would have taken 10 hours to get there. Yeah. And I would have stopped one time. And with his, it took 14 hours to get there because we had to stop four times to refill. Uh, I will tell you. What's the batteries last on those? Five years? Uh, no, nine years is what they think. Nine Bull years. Oh, crap. They think. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah you and I both know our phone batteries, all that stuff. Like, so, right. So, we're going to be replacing batteries mm-hmm. in five years. Well, those batteries cars. run about 35 grand, yeah. too. So, the, yeah. used, the used market. 
for these uh, Teslas. What are, what are we going to do with the batteries? They're going to be terrible. We talk about trickle down again. So now, when a person buys a used vehicle for twenty thousand and they get one year of a battery life, and then they got to replace it, it's going to be worse than when your head gasket breaks. Okay. Uh, remember that? It's that not overnight, though. It's like yeah. your your cell phone. You don't you know, when you first got it, go to a hundred percent charge. Now it only goes to eighty percent. No, charge. but you got to still buy a new battery. Though, well, eventually. so they're making up a new a new battery company is actually able to pull them out now, and they can change just the cell. So if you have bad cells within that battery. They can take that big one that we it was thirty five grand. Now you're only paying like three to five grand for like that one cell, and so kind of like fixing one part of your car. So they are getting better, but it's still okay. very well, that's, very that's new. That's good news. Yeah. yeah, their carbon footprint is pretty bad. Well, they yeah. still they still haven't uh, cracked that nut yet and exposed that to the tune to where they they care about it yet. But I'd like to get back to your part about how. The problems that are going to come down the line, which they are. Okay, so number one, the last bill that Biden put out there has more money going into electric cars than it does roads and infrastructure. So you have more money that is going to be to subsidize the buying and the construction and the making of the EV vehicles, okay, than you do in roads, bridges, and et cetera. On the flip side now, a lot of states have not caught up with the whole gas tax EV side of things. So now as the government is inflating the EV market by putting people in EVs that can't afford them or that are not able to drive them yet, they're now putting more weight and more uh, uh, damage on the road without contributing. Oklahoma just passed a law to keep us for here i did see that i did see that that's what i'm saying some states are trying trying in uh, minnesota in minnesota i think you got to pay like eight thousand dollars instead of like fifteen hundred for registration they're looking at that so what so some registrations are that's about the only way you'd have to get their mileage at the beginning of the year and then next year say okay you went thirty thousand miles they they make a guess well yeah Uh, well what you're uh, how much you were on the road? No, that's yeah. a, they made you guess in Minnesota mm-hmm. when they did it. They're like, how many miles did you drive last year? Okay, well, we're going to make you pay this amount. Sure. They, at least they had something because yeah. there's a lot of states that it's it's they're reacting to it. And when you're reacting to it, you were relying on the federal government to pay for your roads. Well, now if there's no money for the roads, these roads are going to become worse and worse. In the Bakken, we had so many problems with roads. Because when, when we got hit with the, with the Bakken boom in 2009, 10, 11, 12, there was no money put into those roads, okay? All the money went to East, man. Fargo, Blue Fargo sucked up all that money, right? Mm-hmm. And we got, well, because we got the universities and we got 65% of the population, right? So we got it all on the East side. The roads were so bad in Western North Dakota, and this is no lie, okay, that if we had a rainstorm like we had the other night down here in Texas and in Oklahoma, right. Those roads would wash out, boom, the clay would take them out because they were only used to. Have, uh, has our industry not improved them, though? Because we, no, no, we, no, we, we have now. Yeah. Well, the industry came in and like spent their own money. Yeah, we spend our own money cases. on roads. Yeah, yeah. we, let, we, let we usually improve. So, what's, what happened is that these places were used to uh, a dozen combines a year going down these roads, and that was it. So, they did not put the best. 
right. integrity into these roads, and they shouldn't have either at that time. Right. But when the boom came, it happened so fast, they were not able to put the money into the infrastructure, rip that out. No, and the rain came and washed, literally would wash out 20-foot chunks of the road. And so then, all of a sudden, you'd have like a 10-foot drop. Imagine imagine those new highways we were talking about that's the contact highway for these electric vehicles that they can actually drive. And while they're driving, kind of like setting your cell phone on that pad, your your car is on this highway. That is like a flying car yeah, right now. I will, I mean, that it, is that's, that's not going to yeah, happen. But it, it's charging your car while you're driving. What we're going to do is use all these fan blades from these wind turbines and <laughs> throw them into our asphalt. <laughs> that would actually work better yeah. for, in some yeah. of these cases yeah. to use them and repurpose them as yeah. bridges. So when you take a look at the bridges, when the, when the bridge collapsed in Minneapolis on 35W, which made national news because there was a school bus on it, right? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. This was a big deal. At that time, it came out that 90% of America's bridges needed to be repaired. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay? Yeah. We have not repaired them. No. We are Why now directing we? more money Our tax dollars to need EV to be vehicles, which weigh more. How much more? Yeah. <laughs> well, what is that? That's 50% more. 50% more. If you and give now the government money, yeah, they will waste it. What is an EV bus going to weigh? So now imagine oh, you're word. putting more weight on bridges that are meant to hold less weight. Okay, These bridges are meant for 2,500 to 3,000-pound cars, not 8,500-pound cars. Mm-hmm. Okay, So... That's what's happening, and nobody is fixing the problem. All they're doing is they're trying to inflate marketplaces. And now I see that Tesla just filed a patent for a burger chain joint. So not only is he directing by stimulus dollars and government money where these supercharged stations are going, there's... Hold on. Are they going to have real hamburgers in there or Bill Gates burgers? That's a whole different... But that's what's happening here is that these guys have such a jump start on all this stuff. Tesla burgers. And then the money comes in to help them support it because they're known as job creators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what, uh, what most Tesla's profit came from last year? $1.5 billion? It's got to be uh, the, the stimulus. Carbon tax. Net is carbon the, tax. Carbon uh, like tax. They were selling okay. their, their carbon credits. Which I mean, is, hey, which so... Yeah. Let's yeah, be fair. Backdoor uh, stimulus. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Now, regressive taxes aside, like... We do it in our own industry. You know, like if I'm Exxon and I sell this field over here with these old wells to Hillcore, mm-hmm. well, Hillcore just inherited a huge problem with methane emissions, right? I mean, I can, as a company, go, hey, as soon as I get rid of this, this many wells that are old, that have problems, I just became a green company. Yeah. And now this company over here, who's a small operator, and it happens often, and I, I shouldn't call them out, but I'm just saying like that is happening in our industry over and over again where now the small operators look like they're the bad guys, and they're not. They just like, See, they, they inherited a problem from buying acreage yeah. and, and, and wells. That, that to me is the 10-year-old figuring out a way around brokered advertising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just figuring out a technicality to make yourself... F- fall on the line. It's, so why, it's why we came up with the term ESG, I guess, too. Like, hey, well, and again, this ESG is not going away. No. This we, ESG we, is here to stay. But we already had uh, that. We just didn't put a term on it. Like, look, man, oil and gas companies, we want to make sure the environment's good. The we we want to take the, care of people. Here's it's all, the irony behind this whole ESG thing is that they're so fixated on the environmental side. Which we were already. Which is... It's so ironic because that's the one side they actually have down pat. We're good at it. We get the better. The oil and gas industry is the leader in the environmental movement. Where they need help is the social part. That's why we're the education. having. Well, why do you think we're having potatoes? 
Okay. The reason we're doing potatoes at the Bakken Barbecue. Okay, you see this, Bakken folks? The Bakken Barbecue, which I'm the <laughs> MC of. The ninth annual Bakken Barbecue, June 18th in Dickinson, North Dakota. First responders will be there. Also, Miss Teen North Dakota is going to be there as well. We're going to put That's her right. up on stage as a leader of a youth movement who is 14, 15 years old to get up on stage and talk about how important mental health is to her generation. That is a platform that oil and gas is giving her, okay? That is a social part of social governance. And I hope energy the, is important to her and her family Of course well. it is. Yeah. Oh, She's she, from Watford City, man. She go. knows it firsthand. She, she did a great interview. And then and then we have um, the, the whole potatoes part. What we're trying to tell people there is that, well, no, okay, take a look. I know, at, I love it. I, it's love just great. It. The potatoes of inclusion is what, actually, no, it's not true. They're the dapple smoked because there is a people piece of the Dakota Access Pipeline, right? Dakota Access Pipeline, a leftover piece, right, got retrofitted into an actual smoker, dapple barbecue and catering. Dapple Barbecue and Catering. Please call Stephen Kershnick and give him some business. He will be there. He's doing tests right now on time and temperature on these potatoes. These one pound of potatoes. Potatoes so, brought to you by oil and gas. These are <laughs> these are dapple smoked, ESG certified. We're not sure if John Kerry is going to be Can there. Can you make now. a stamp for it? Put a stamp on it. We are looking at doing the cattle, the, the whole steak stamp, the whole deal, man. Gonna brand them. We're going to just get as ridiculous as we can get with this. It's just going <laughs> to... Because we want to show people that this is the only way to educate people now. And this is how you get ahead of the narrative. So if we start doing this, when the other side comes with the stuff that comes close, then the people who already saw the humor, that's what they say. Oh, like that. Oh, you mean like the ESG stamp on a potato? And the people who are trying to be serious are going to be so thrown off, they're not going to know what to do. So anyway, uh, the, the dapple smoked. ESG certified potatoes of inclusion. The reason we call them that is because a barbecue is inherently discriminatory against vegetarians. Okay, I'm a plant-based vegetarian. I am discriminatory against them. They're, they're not trying to be. Okay, they're not trying <laughs> to be. Kevin Stitt did a great job. Of uh, actually, go ahead and eat vegetables. It's kind of like a smoker. A guy outside smoking is kind of discriminatory against everybody else. He's not trying to be. He's just trying to have a cigarette. But society's made him this modern-day leper, right? Pretty so, much, yeah. So if, if you're a... Uh, a vegetarian at a barbecue? Oh, dude, you're going to get rode out of town on the ribs. No, you know? I'll, I'll <laughs> kick you something. So, well, I, as the MC, I didn't let people know that I was a vegetarian. I just don't I let, let people, people know, know anything. I was fighting like, cancer. I don't have to let them know I'm a straight guy, that I eat meat. Like, I just don't, I don't oh, think... We're learning some new things, man. I'm just saying, like, I don't... <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a lot of things that I don't think like that. Just, so it's I like, how many things that. need to be said about you? Yeah. So by just offering potatoes... It's a way to say that is part of the ESG movement to say, okay, yeah, we recognize that a barbecue, yeah, there are people that probably don't eat meat that will come and by this way, they have an offering. Instead of having, you know, beans with pork in them or whatever, this is, is it, is it, is it going to solve the problem? No. Is it going to help it? Maybe. But either way, at least it's an offering to shut you up and kind of move things ahead. Because honestly, our my kid, industry my, needs our my right kid now goes too. to a school Everybody with 74 different languages. There's 74 different teachers on staff of some kind of language it background brings awareness, to satisfy for sure. this stuff. 
Huh? It brings Man. awareness. What you're doing? Yeah, that's awareness. all we're doing. Tax dollar yeah. allocation. All right, guys. Well, listen, we're uh, getting long in this. Uh, we're pretty much uh, just loving this show. And man, I I'll tell you what. Every time you're in town, I mean, I, that's what I always count on is you're going to come through. You're heading down to Midland, Texas, and I get to snag you into our shows. Uh, how do people get a hold of you? Crude Life. Go to the Crude Life. We got all the information there. We got all of what our. What is the Crude Life? Is that a, what is the website? Oh, thecrudelife.com. Thecrudelife.com. Yes, thecrudelife.com. If you go there, of course, we're on all the different social media sites. We've got radio stations. We've got different brands all over the place that we're trying to grow. We've got some new programming coming out as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. We're is if everything goes as planned, we'll have scheduled programming coming out this fall. That'll be so, good. Awesome. So there you go. Catch Jason all over the country uh, through the crudelife.com. Jeremiah, do you want to plug anything, buddy? I'm good. I believe you'll be out in West Texas next uh, this week. Uh, what are you going to be doing? I'm driving right after this. I'm hitting He's the car, the driving to Midland. Then uh, we've got... It's a beautiful drive. We've got a full oh, yeah. slate, man. We've got Ron Gusick, CEO, president of uh, Liberty Oil Field, who's taking on North Face, That's man. Was, yeah. So I'm going to talk That's to him right. a little bit. I'm going to ask him what the end goal is. I, I am worried about blowback. I am... I just him. Just, just. What do you think all. the blowback could be with? Yeah, that? just that. I, I don't understand why it's not working as well as it is. Well, do you I, see what I mean by that? It's well, not circulating outside of our industry, right? right. That's what yeah, I'm we're saying. just having a, we're just having a laugh. But I think, I, I think what he's saying, you, you got to bring it out there and have fun with it, and to bring it to get people involved. I mean, we're, it's just we're pretty funny in the oil and gas industry, oh, Ken. Yeah. Do you want to plug anything, buddy? Oh, my God. Uh, you know me. I always love the Outdoor Ventures, man. Okay. Outdoor Ventures for Ken. Yeah. Uh, follow him on uh, all the social media platforms. And for us, uh, please go to thetalkingenergyshow.com. Thetalkingenergyshow.com. Yeah. It has all the ways to follow us. It also uh, takes you to Oilfield Tailgate and all the sponsors for that. And so... I'll be hitting everybody up. I need uh, sponsors to get the Woolfield tailgate party going. It's such Come. a blast. It is such a, a blast. great, great Huge event. turnout. Mm-hmm. Every home game in Norman, there'll be uh, a party for each home game where everybody comes in our industry's welcome. You know, we the sponsors take care of it. Food, so live, live music, open bar. We have a great time. So I need sponsors for that, and we need uh, we need guests in here. So. Oh, yeah. Mike Cantrell. I cannot wait Mike to Mike Cantrell's going to be in here tomorrow. So the next Love podcast, him. Mike Cantrell. That one's going to be a lot of fun. That's it, everybody. We're going to be out of here. Thank you See for you tuning Texas. in and talking Adios. energy show. Take care. God bless. <laughs> Bye-bye.